Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me is both Glenn West and Sonny Ship. Um, guys, how, how are y'all doing, Glenn? Uh, doing great, Matt. Uh, great to have Sonny on one of these things. It's been, it's been, it's, I think this is our first one since I joined the club, so uh, thanks for hopping on with us, Sonny. Yeah, man. Yeah, always, uh, always a good time, and we always cut up a little bit, so uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll get you involved in it, man. We'll have you we'll have you talking about your uh, talking about all your women's stories and everything before the show's <laughs> over, man. All right, yes, sir. Um, yeah, Short man, Sonny, Sonny. So you've been you've been uh, <laughs> locked, Sonny. You've been uh you've been locked in the bat cave over the past two months covering recruiting, man. Uh, it's been a been a busy time for you. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a little bit of a little bit of a change, and uh, you know, kind of back to back to my roots and back to I guess what uh you know what what got me in the business to start with and stuff. And it's been fun, man. It's been fun, and uh, this ride that LSU's been been on, man, it's like it's it's weird. We go back to the beginning of July, and I can remember I dropped that first prediction piece on July second. And uh, LSU had just, you know, LSU was like 49th in the country in recruiting. Um, you know, it, no matter what message board you went to or what radio show you listened to, you know, the sky was falling. Uh, Brian Kelly, you know, the, the chatter was that, you know, Brian Kelly was maybe in over his head with recruiting in Louisiana and, and things like that. And, you know, we kept telling people, look, just give this staff time, give it a little bit of time. Half the staff has not been recruiting Louisiana throughout their careers. They're in new uncharted territory. Recruiting for this 2023 class, unfortunately, the bulk of it to where the relationships are built was on the back end of the Ed Orgeron era. And so, you know, it's really tough for it's really tough for a new staff to come in and, and especially one that, you know, when you have half of it that is geographically you know, has spent the primary uh, most of its time on the recruiting trail, primarily outside of Louisiana. And so that, that takes a little bit of time to, to get in there, to get some adjustments, to, uh, to adjust and build some relationships. But, you know, you look at it now, you're sitting at 10 commitments. Uh, you're, I, I think you're about to go on a strong run in Louisiana. And, um, you know, before, at the end of the day, all the hand ringing, kicking your dog, kicking your cat, you know, whatever pushes these LSU fans that, uh, you know, they finally are comfortable and they see that, hey, you know, this, this staff can recruit number 10 in the country and it's on pace. And, you know, I think you're looking at another top five to top seven class. And, you know, when we go back to the Orgeron and, and the Miles era, uh, LSU fans would have been happy with that, you know. And, and I think that that's where they are now is that they're kind of, uh, at a much more comfortable pay, place than they were just a month ago. Let, let me ask you this, Sonny. Um, you know, we've you've obviously been doing this a while and a lot longer than, than me and Matt in terms of recruiting. But um, the the run that they had, obviously adding the eleven or twelve new guys in this in the month of July, um, just have you seen a run like that before with this program in the past? Is there one that kind of comes to mind in terms of just the 
sheer number of guys they've added in such a little time? Uh, you know, I, I think it was in all the years. I mean, in all the years you've covered them. Oh all, man, you know how many years? You know how many brain cells I've lost over those years? <laughs> that's what makes that's what makes this tough. But yeah, you know, there was. I, I want to say. I want to say it was two years ago during. Uh, it might have been during the 2020. It could have even been 2021. But they had a they had a June to where they picked up a little bit over double digit commitments, mm-hmm. and so and that was a run that we really hadn't seen before. But for this run right here, considering you know how it was just all over the map, you know you're talking about Minnesota with Jackson mm-hmm. Howard. You're going down to Florida for Jalen Brown. You're going up to Indianapolis, uh, Indiana for Joshua Mickens. You know, just it's just so it's just so far spread out to where, for me, that's what makes it um, a truly remarkable run. Is that if you were doing it in the inside the state of Louisiana, you're supposed to. If you're pulling them from Houston, from Alabama, from Mississippi, you're supposed to. That's your geographic location. That's your hotbed right there. But this staff has taken advantage of the relationships that it built from the previous places that it was at. And if they wouldn't have had those relationships in place, you know, think about where this class would be, you know, from that standpoint. Think about if Jamar Cain didn't have all those relationships that he has. Kerry Cooks, Robert Steeples, what he's done in short order. So I think that's what truly makes it remarkable in my eyes and something that that I've never really seen from, you know, from LSU is that it's just all over the map. It's it's really a national recruiting effort. And now you start to see them hone in on those guys in Louisiana that, you know, that I think we're going to start seeing some good news on pretty soon. Yep. Let's talk Ricky Collins because that was the news last night. Um, obviously, I y'all texted me at like 8.30 or whenever it happened. It was like, I'm on Collins decommit. And I was like, oh, it's finally happening. Okay, here we go. Um Sonny, let's start with you, man. What what was your reaction to Ricky Collins decommitting? And obviously, you put a crystal ball in for LSU. I mean, uh, there's some expectation that he goes to LSU, especially with the hashtag Ricky reconsidered in there. I don't know if you started that, Sonny, but um, yeah. What what do you think about? I Collins sent the idea to somebody. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I knew it. Um, what do you think <laughs> uh, about him decommitting first... and him going to LSU? Con- yeah, man. My first reaction was last night was really. I got to deal with this at 845 at night when I was getting ready to go to bed. Come on, Ricky, you got to have better timing than that. Honestly. But uh, no, you know, it was it was uh, I, I didn't expect it would happen as quickly as it as quickly as it did. Um, I figured it was something that that would uh, that would maybe take a little bit more time just because he had been committed to him since, uh, you know, since September. And so, you know, that's basically 10 months, almost 11 months. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, the timing of it did catch me, uh, did catch me a little bit by surprise because I figured that it would go a little bit longer. But the ultimate decision was, uh, you know, it, it was one that I felt like he would end up making, and I felt like LSU would end up making the decision that it did to really kind of go all in on him. Um, and, and now, you know, I think it's all about Joe Sloan just continuing to, you know, to express to Collins, you know, that recruiting a quarterback is different than recruiting four wide receivers in a class. You know, you go out, you recruiting four wide receivers, you can get five of them on the field, as many as five of them on the field. However, there's only one quarterback who's going to be on the field. And so I think that Joe Sloan has done a good job of being able to explain, 
you know, that, yes, you know, we went after some, you know, some, some five stars. We went after some other guys that were higher on the board. But once again, you can go back to the previous staff and relationships that they had, had built with those prospects over time. And so, you know, Joe Sloan, being from Louisiana Tech, he obviously re uh, recruited Ricky Collins and stuff. But for Brian Kelly, from Mike Denbrock, for those guys, they've got to, you know, they've got to build those relationships. And so I think that's where they're at kind of at right now is the stage of just, uh, you know, just strengthening the relationships that have really been um, focused on probably over the past six weeks or so, once things kind of picked up a little bit. And, um you know, I think at the end of the day, I think that this is going to be the quarterback in the class. Glenn, what do you what do you think of the pickup? What do you think if if they end up adding him? Obviously, it's not set in stone yet. Um, but what if in theory, we've talked about it before about adding a quarterback in this class. Do you think it's the right move? Do you think uh, what do you think of Ricky Collins overall? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it would be a great move. Um, I, I I think me and Matt have really talked about it a lot, like. There's not a ton of urgency, I think, in this class to add a, a, a quarterback just because you got the young guys, Nussmeyer and Howard, um, you know, kind of on board already. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously adding a guy like Collins is really going to kind of help with the, the future of the program. And uh, I kind of go back to what, what we saw in June. I mean, we, we saw him on, you know, on campus in June at the camps, and there was a number of LSU staff members out there throughout the day watching him and watching – you know, kind of their 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 battles throughout that day, and so um, I think the groundwork has probably been laid for a little bit um, in terms of just the communication and just the 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 severity of which they were pursuing him, like Sonny mentioned. But um, yeah, I mean, just I think the 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 fact that you leave you know each class with a quarterback, I think that's a that's a win. You know, if you can get a quarterback in the, in every class, you know, it kind of sets yourselves up for, just from a numbers perspective to be in a good place. Um, because you, you really don't know. You can never really tell what's going to happen with the program two years from now. I mean, who knows what it's going to look like if Nussmeyer or Howard or, or just all these guys are going to be on the same in the same room. You just don't know. And so having a guy like Ricky Collins come in here and just be a good numbers guy to start and potentially develop into a, a starting caliber player, uh, I think is absolutely the right move and would be a, a really great kind of a Louisiana addition and kind of get some some more local flavor into this, uh, this recruiting class. Yeah. Um, let's jump to Shelton Sampson and Kylan Jackson, who both have their commitment dates set. Uh, Sampson for August 6th, Kylan Jackson for August 8th. Um, Sonny, uh, where, where are you with um, where LSU is at? Just, you know, confidence level as far as, um, or is there still work to do or do you think they're, they're in a good position? Well, I think there's still work to do and only because, you know, when it, when you've got a five-star in your backyard, like Samson is with LSU at Catholic of Baton Rouge, and you've got four or five schools or six schools, whatever it is, you know, when, when you're in a situation like that, this close to, uh, you know, to a decision time, you've got to recruit the kid like, you've, you know, like, you've, like you're just starting to recruit him. You know, you've got to go back to the beginning of his recruitment those points that you started hitting on then, and I'm sure that you continue to hit on them throughout his recruitment, but you just kind of have to, now you've got to put everything, you've got to tie everything up. You've got to put that bow on your sales pitch that you've made. And then you've just got to continue to reassure him because I can assure you that Alabama, Texas A&M, you know, these other schools, these other coaches who are recruiting him, they're in his ear. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to sow some doubt. They're trying to create some, um, 
you know, create a little bit of drama, create anything that they can that could potentially swing him into into their corner. So, you know, I, I'm sure like I tried to warn, like I tried to warn the, the board yesterday, you know, like, look, you're going to hear, you know, especially with A&M involved, you're going to hear all kind of stuff about NIL. You're going to hear about this, you know, of uh, oh, you know, Samson may be leaning this way now or leaning this way now. At the end of the day, I think being close to his family in Baton Rouge and the job that that Cortez Hankton, that Joe Sloan, Mike Denbrock, Frank Wilson, everyone with really with the program who has jumped in and helped recruit Shelton Sampson, uh, you know, especially the recruiting specialists, guys like that, that they're going to just, uh, you know, continue to continue to work him. And I think at the end of the day, I, I think he's going to, you know, I think he's LSU's to lose. You know, I think he's going to end up in Baton Rouge and mom and dad and that hometown angle. You know, that's the one thing that everybody else can't offer. And at the end of the day, I think that that's the biggest thing that tips the scales towards LSU. That and the relationships with the coaches. Yeah. Um, Glenn, I know you've written about this. Uh, I mean, you wrote about today. You wrote about the whole dynamic today of adding Shelton Sampson to this class. You've written about before as well. I mean, how important is that? How important is getting him into this class? Yeah, I, I think it's very important. I think, you know, when you look at kind of the, the trend of this class so far, it's been very out-of-state oriented. You know, there's been some some local wins recently with, you know, Tyree Adams and Ashton Stamps and, um, you know, just just, just kind of starting to, to lay the, the fabric of the local talent in state. But, um, I mean, Shelton Sampson's an absolute game changer. And, like, he – you know, a five-star guy on, on multiple different, you know, recruiting rankings and um, just just a guy that I feel like this staff has put a lot of effort into in terms of the recruiting process and, um, you know, the, from the whole Shelton Stays thing that came out on social media a couple weeks ago, from, you know, all the visits and everything. I mean, Sonny was telling us last week he was on campus on Friday at the, 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 the splash event that they had, the, the water park event they had at at camp on campus. And, um, you know, I think he's, he's somebody they put a lot of effort into into trying to get on campus and hitting on him would be a really, uh, you know, great foundational kind of uh, piece for this class and for this staff as a whole of, you know, just trying to, you know, get the best in-state talent that you can. I think that's been something that you've watched kind of over the last several months is some of the higher profile Louisiana players have, have gone to other places, have committed to other places. And there really isn't been a, a big time like blue chip guy out there that LSU was landed yet in state. And I think that Samson certainly fits that bill and would be a, a huge kind of sigh of relief, I think, for a lot of people, but also a, a great kind of piece to add into the future of the program. You me- It's funny you mentioned that because that's what I was going to bring up next was how it's kind of this is kind of sh- it's marking a shift it feels like as far as this staff starting to actually get into louisiana a little bit more right mm-hmm. um i think at the moment they have three uh, louisiana commits right in holly adams and uh jackson caleb jackson those three but mm-hmm. then there's five other names here that they are legitimately in on right shelton sampson dalen's heard um kylan jackson ricky collins and kai preen i mean that's five guys those five louisiana names so if in theory they were to get all five of those that changes this class to you now have eight of the top 16 players in Louisiana. Yeah. And I mean, most years, I mean, obviously you look at like 2020, I think and some other classes where they're getting like, you know, 10 of the top 12, it's just different, but 
for what this class was to, in theory, be able to possibly get eight of the top 16 would be a complete change in like, oh, this staff hasn't recruited Louisiana to now it's like, oh, they have, you know, about they've done about as well as you could possibly do in the state of Louisiana, considering like Arch Manning was always gone and um, you had a couple names here and there. But like, Sonny, what do you think about that and the, the kind of change and the work that they've done to get in to be in position? Because they only have three commits, but those other five names, you know, the work they've done to get in position with those guys. Yeah, well, I think with, you know, when you, when you add Ashton Stamps in there, you got you, you already yep. got the four from Louisiana. Yep. You mentioned the five right there. You still have <clears throat> you still have a guy out there, uh, Ethan Fields, who's committed to Purdue from Dutchtown. You know, he's an interior offensive lineman. They could end up making a move on. You know, you got some guys like Macho Stevenson out of uh, at Shreveport, a big cornerback. And so you've, you've got some other in-state guys that, uh, you know, that are on the radar. And I think that, you know, I think that I think that when when this class, when that when the ink dries and we look back at this class after the transfer portal, uh, you know, after everything, after all the deadlines are in is that you'll probably see somewhere between, you know, between 23 to 25 high school kids. And I'm, and, and now I'm actually leaning more towards that 25 number and um, you know, which would still leave you, you're going to have some attrition. You've already got some, you know, you're not at 85 right now, you know, which could potentially leave you, you know, six to eight, maybe, a, maybe a, another spot or so for, uh, for the transfer portal. And so, Seeing that focused on Louisiana, because I think a lot of people, they looked at it last year and they said, OK, we you know, we've got a, we've got more transfers than we do high school kids. And that kind of made it made a few people nervous and stuff. But now that they see what the transfer portal is, how it's how it's evolved, how big of an how big of a factor it's going to play in recruiting going forward, that, you know, having a you know, having a third of your, having a quarter of your class out of the transfer portal is, is probably a good thing in this day and age of college football. So I think if you can get to that 23, 23 to 25 number, that that's a good, you know, that's a good representation of the, you know, of the four and the five year program players that you really need to, to, to focus on and, and have that as your bread and butter of your, of your incoming guys coming in. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to, you know, I'm glad that they're able to start seeing a little bit of success in Louisiana because I think it's only going to make the staff stronger as a whole because they're going to have those relationships. You know, and I think 2024, when you look at the 2024 class in Louisiana, you look at Tylen Singleton out of Manny, currently the number one player in the state or number two player in the state. Um, he was down on Friday. You had Xavier Atkins, the linebacker commit out of Jonesboro Hodge. He was in. You had a lot of 2024 kids in. And I think you're going to you're, you're not going to see the delayed effect with in 2024. You know, we had the I think we had a delayed effect, Louisiana effect on the 2023 class. It was so heavy out of state. But I think for 2024, I think it's going to I think it's going to have a strong Louisiana presence from beginning to end. Yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to build on that a little bit. I mean, LSU's MO for years has been to recruit this state and to get the best talent out of this state. And so if you're able to kind of land some of these elite Louisiana prospects over the next several weeks or whatever, you know, the time frame is that they're committing, um, you, you combine that obviously with what they've done out of state and the wide range that they've re reached across recruiting. 
Um, you're making a, a pretty big statement, I think, if you can land, you know, four or five of these guys and, and kind of get that Louisiana number up to eight or nine. And then you have, you know, a lot of, you know, these you know, 15, you know, 14, 15 some odd players that you're, you're getting out of state. I mean, it's that 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 is, I think, making a statement for this new staff that they can recruit nationally. They can recruit locally. Um, and, and that can certainly build momentum heading into future classes and, you know, just kind of building off that transfer portal point. I mean, we talked with, you know, baseball coaches, basketball coaches. I mean, like you have to build year to year now more than ever, I think in every college sport. And I think, you know, football is not going to be any exception to that. And so you're going to have to have those filler guys, those guys that are been in college for a couple of years now that are looking for a new opportunity, um, you're going to have to fill out your roster knowing that those are some guys you're going to have to bring along and and bring into the program as well. And so uh, I, I do think that it's going to be a, a really uh, important class and an important kind of time frame for this uh, this this you know staff to get off to a really good start with recruiting. Well, y'all bring up good points and the importance of recruiting Louisiana. And I think to build off both of those, I mean, we saw this year them bring back Louisiana guys from the transfer portal, right? And so in theory, who knows where we'll be in two or three years or heck, maybe even one year where, you know, you throw a name out there like anybody on on this top 10 list, whether it's um, Eli Holston or Tackett Curtis or something like that, and who knows where they are in two years and you just recruit them, right? And that's where relationships build. It's not just getting the commitment in those relationships. It's where they are, especially in the transfer portal era. I mean, who knows where they'll be in three years so at that point and that's why i look i look forward to seeing and that's why i think it's getting lost in a sense where it's not it's not just who they get committed in this class but it's building those relationships it's just so deep like you just have to build your roots so deep into this state to where you know where everyone's going at that point and you know in three years if they're looking to move you you're there like there's no question. And that's, that just comes with time. So that's why I think getting this staff a um, couple years, I'm, I'm fine with that. So. Yeah. And even if, you know, and I think you, you touched on something that I think is, that is very important. You know, people, people looked at it and they said, I can remember when Eli Holstein visited LSU before he committed to Alabama, you know, fans like, why is Eli Holstein visiting LSU? You know, they, he doesn't want to go to LSU, you know, and things like that. And so why are they even wasting their time on that? You're not wasting your time anymore. You know, before the transfer portal, there was a guy that was going out of state. You didn't want to recruit him or whatever. Then, you know, then, OK, I'm going to go fill my needs somewhere else. However, now you have to recruit these in-state kids, even if attack at Curtis, you don't think you're going to get him. You know, you don't think you're going to get a Jaden Osbury, Arch Manning. I mean, that's probably not a good example, but Eli Holstein, some guys like that. And then, you know, you have to recruit them coming out of high school because recruit it's going to make recruiting them again if they hit the transfer portal that much easier. You know, Brian Kelly and Brian, Brian Kelly didn't have those relationships to lean on in this class, in the class that he, you know, his first class that he signed and all the transfers that he brought in. But he was able to get, you know, a lot of Louisiana focused guys to come in. And I think it was easier for him to say, look, I wasn't here. You know, I wasn't the one who decided not to offer you like a Greg Brooks type, mm-hmm. a Joe Fusha type, you know. So Brian Kelly can come in and say, look, I would have offered you if I would have been here. You know, come play for me. Come back, you know, come represent the boot, come represent the state. Whereas now, you know, with a guy like Holstein, with a guy like Tackett Curtis, with a guy like Jaden Osbury, if you, Derek Williams, another one, if you don't recruit him now, 
Well, then when he comes, when he gets ready to come out of the transfer portal, unless he's just absolutely itching to get back to Louisiana and wants to represent the LSU brand, he's mm-hmm. going to have a little bit of an axe to grind with you because you chose not to, you know, you chose not to heavily pursue him for the last five months of his recruitment. So I think that's why you see college staffs now, you know, especially with the, those in-state guys where it's like, okay, you know, we, we – we're, we're, we're not conceding you, but we know we're probably not going to get you now. However, if you ever decide to look around, you know, this should be a place you look at. I mean, especially with the, them, them lifting the one-time transfer rule, I mean, it could be every year. Yeah. Um, now, before we wrap this up, Sonny, I got four of the names here to watch that we haven't talked about, and you can throw in any other names you, you have in mind. But DJ Chester, uh, Javian Taviano, Toviano, whatever it is, uh, Nicholas Harbor, and uh, TCU Titan commit uh, Lafayette Kawe, Kiowe, however you say it. Uh, those are those Good are the four I have written. Yeah, those are the four I have written <laughs> down. Uh, what do you think of those four? Or is there, if there's anybody else you want to throw in there, um, you can. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I've got a crystal ball pick on on in, in on DJ Chester. Uh, he says that he's going to announce, I believe it's January 7th, at the uh, the All-American Bowl, the mm-hmm. former U.S. Army game. Um, I, you know, I, I still feel good about that pick right there. Um, I think what's going to be interesting to see right there is does Georgia, in-state Georgia, make a mad push at the end? You know, it's always something you got to watch with the out-of-state kids. Um Nicholas Harbor, man, that's one that I, uh, you know, I kind of uh, I kind of go back and forth with and not necessarily, you know, whether or not LSU is a serious player, because I do think LSU is a serious player. I think the LSU is a very serious player with him. And a lot of it has to do with the track program. But it's just, uh, you know, it's more or less of, OK, where does he fit in at? You know, because he he's a guy to where, you know, track track. I mean. Some even think that track may be his first love over football. If he likes them both the same, you know, that's your best. That's probably your worst case scenario that you're looking at. But and so that presents a dilemma like, OK, he's going to have to stay at a weight to where he can run track. Right. Yeah. So six five two twenty five, man. I mean, that's a, that that screens tight end. That's yeah, Jack end. linebacker. If you're thinking about the NFL, but then on the flip side, you know, this guy's this guy's not going to be looking to come into a college program and, and put on much weight. You know, he's going to add some muscle, but I don't think he's a guy that wants to get up to 235, 240. And so, you know, does he stay around that 220, 225, 230 range? A lot of people think wide receiver, but man, I I, I think you can sell this guy on coming in and being that 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 Eric Gilbert type that, you know, that everybody thought was going to be scoring touchdowns in Baton Rouge and you know how much, how bad they need tight ends right now. So I think you can sell him on the wide receiver tight end position, kind of like Jack Besh, you know, kind of like a a Jack Besh role, obviously with a different skill set. Taviano, he's another guy that, you know, he's another guy. I had him in my first prediction piece. I'm going to have him in my next one too. And, you know, getting him on campus on Friday, I think was big to be able to get him on campus before, you know, before he hits his own fall camp. And then before he starts potentially taking some, some fall visits, because, you know, there's been talk that he could take it into the, uh, into his senior season. There's been talk that he could want to get it done before his senior season kicks off. And so to be able to get him on campus with a, you know, even if he, you know, even if he would decide to make his decision, I think would be huge because, you know, you could be the last team to get him on campus before he could potentially make a decision. 
And uh, who was the other one? There was four. Who were the other? Uh, who was the, the other? The TCU tight end commit. Oh, the TCU tight end. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I need to get a better feel. I need to get a better feel on kind of what the. Uh, you know, when you when you when you ask some sources and you say, okay, Nicholas Harbor, what is it? He's an athlete. You let him yeah. come to campus. You let him decide where he wants to play. Okay, but there there isn't an athlete position on the field. You know, so you got to peg him. To, you got to peg him to a position. And um, you know, if it's you know if he's dead set on being an outside guy as a wide receiver and being labeled a wide receiver, you know, well, how will having you know. Jalen Brown, Shelton Sampson, Kyle Parker, potentially Kai Preen. How would that come into play? To me, being tight end is an easy sell. Easy sell. It's like, look, man, we're, you know, you go back and you show how many tight ends Brian Kelly has put in the NFL. I mean, if, if you're 225, if you're 230 with that speed, man, you are such a mismatch against a linebacker or against a safety. Yeah. So, you know, Looking at LSU and just looking at his skill set, to me, that would be an easy sell, you know. But you also have some guys who they get in their mind to where, okay, I'm not a tight end. I don't want to be 255 pounds. I don't want to be 260 yeah. pounds. You know, I don't – kids who say, I don't want to be a left tackle. You know, right. even though they make as much money as they make, I want to be a 275-pound tight end instead. You know, so kids make weird decisions when it comes to where they're going to play at and stuff. So I, I think that that's going to be an interesting one that's going to to kind of follow along with the uh, with the track situation is to see, uh, you know, kind of which direction schools kind of go with him. But if they're smart, they'll just say, I want to get him on campus. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get him on campus and wherever he wants to play, he can play. Yeah, between Harbor and this Kyleway, Kyleway guy, I mean, you know, that's two tight end options that – and theory that we weren't sure if they were going to find a tight end in this class in 2023. So that's two options. They got Mark Webb. They got Mark Webb. Yeah, they did get Mark Webb. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Forget yeah. about him. Um, Cause he was still early compared yeah. to this whole run is just completely skewed my, uh, <laughs> my thinking. Um, anything else Glenn on, on the recruiting side on this class that, that they're building over there? Um, you know, not much more that I can add to what Sonny's bringing to the table, but um, I do have just a, a curiosity standpoint from this is just, um, Obviously, we know we got Jackson, um, Sampson coming up on decisions. Um, anything you're hearing on when, you know, uh, Collins or Hurd or some of these other Louisiana guys might be thinking about making a commitment, anything like that? Um, I would not I would not be shocked if all of them, if all five of them, if they did something in the month of August, kind of before their senior season kicks off. Yeah. Um However, out of out of those five, I think Hurd and Collins would be the two that I would. Uh, well, and actually, you know, when I kind of think about it, really not Ricky Collins, because I think Ricky Collins is going to look at this from the situation, from the standpoint of I don't want to bring this into my senior season. You know, I don't want to bring this onto the shoulders of my my Woodlawn High School teammates. You know, I want to have this distraction out of the way i want to have it just completely done whereas they lance heard you know he's coming off a visit to florida coming off a visit to florida state uh late last week and there's been talk there's been talk of getting it done in august and but with him now with him going there and talking about taking some official visits in the fall it has me kind of wondering like okay does he stretch it out a little bit longer 
But, um, you know, I think that there's a chance. I think that there's a pretty good chance that you could potentially see all five of them do something in the month of August, which would be a, you know, when you add, when you combine everything we got coming with fall camp, when you combine, you know, everything we have coming with, uh, you know, with me hitting the high school practice fields with y'all at, you know, with y'all at LSU and with the recruiting seat, it's going to be an exciting and a busy month on the site. Yep. Yep. We're, we're, we're ready for it. We're gearing up for it. We're ready to get started here on Thursday for sure. Yep. And uh, stay tuned for Sonny's uh, prediction piece uh, on the class of 2023. Uh, definitely be looking forward to that. Uh, if y'all haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, become a subscriber on our Go247 um, website as well. I believe you can get the first month for a dollar. So check out that offer. That'll get you through fall camp and all of the uh, tidbits we got for y'all. So uh, for Glenn West, for Sonny, I'm Matthew Bruni. We appreciate y'all for joining us. We'll talk to y'all later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.